This might also be how you get into a war of words on social media and how certain issues like COVID vaccines, politics, seem to simmer and boil over endlessly. But there's very few things that are completely one way or another, however much of an idiot you think the other person is. You have found the Thinking Mind podcast. This week it's Anya with an audio essay. I've noticed that there's so much going on in the world right now that could make it feel like a scary place. I've been catching myself a lot recently thinking about how extreme and almost apocalyptic it feels. And then having some conversations with people around me made me stop and think and wonder whether there might be some unhelpful thinking patterns at play. So in this audio essay, I want to think about how we might apply some of the ideas that are really commonly used in psychotherapy to maybe help us arrive a bit more balance, or at least a slightly broader view. And I'm hoping that it will open up a way of thinking that might help us feel a bit more peaceful and happier. Unhelpful thinking habits are also called cognitive distortions in cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT, and it's concepts from cognitive behavioural therapy that I'll be drawing on when talking to you today. So I'm going to talk about three unhelpful thinking habits. They feel like the ones that are really active at the moment for me, which is why I'm focusing on them. But there's lots of others, and do drop us a message if you want to learn more. So before I name them, I'm wondering if you might pick up what might be off balance or what might seem unhelpful in some of these examples. Imagine that you're speaking to your friend who's telling you about their struggles in juggling a weekday job, picking up some extra weekend or overtime work. They're a parent too. One of their kids is in nursery, the other is starting primary school. They've just taken one to baby swimming and are picking up the older one up from football. They feel terrible because they couldn't make it to one of their kids' plays, and then they forgot to get the youngest teacher a leaving present. All they can think is that they're a terrible, useless parent, and they feel really guilty and sad. I bet we've all thought like this at one time or another. But do you hear a sense that your friend here thinks that they can either be only a perfect do-everything-all-at-once type of parent, and if not, then they're bad? What if they could see that this sits somewhere on the spectrum of parenting, and that they'll get some things more right, some things less right? But with this type of all-or-nothing expectation, they're bound to fall short. How about this? You're trying to manage an argument with a family member. You've argued, and you're not talking. You can't see a way forward. Either you need to completely agree, or you've got nothing in common, and all you can think is how stupid and ignorant they're being. You're mad, but also you're sad. You used to be really close with them, but they're just wrong. How about here? It's got some similarities to the first situation. Again, you've built a picture where something can be right or wrong, and there's no chance of anything in between. This might also be how you get into a war of words on social media and how certain issues like COVID vaccines, politics, seem to simmer and boil over endlessly. But there's very few things that are completely one way or another, however much of an idiot you think the other person is. And considering this might broaden out your options. If they're only right or wrong, then you can only argue or make up if they do a complete U-turn. But if there's some shades of grey in there, you've got more chance of finding a way forward together. Sorry to interrupt. This is Johann Sebastian Bach. And as a fan of the show, I'd like to encourage you to follow and subscribe wherever you listen, 
If you like the show, you can share it with a friend. And if you'd like to support the team, you can buy them a coffee using the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. As always, they'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, you can follow them on social media or you can email the team at podcast at modslearning.com. So these first two examples think about all or nothing or polarized type thinking. Now, what do you think might be going on here? Your partner calls you. They made a mistake at work. An email that shouldn't have gone to someone got sent. They won't get to speak to their boss until tomorrow. But all that they can think is that this is atrocious. Their heart is pounding. They want to vomit. They can see themselves getting sacked, maybe disciplined, maybe even refer to their professional body. It's the worst possible thing that could have happened, and they're inconsolable. This one's a bit different. Do you notice that the reaction goes right to the worst possible scenario? We can name this catastrophizing. It's not difficult to see this everywhere at the moment. We're living through a once-in-a-lifetime killer virus pandemic and it's been sweeping our countries for years. We seem to be on the brink of a nuclear apocalypse every other week. The health service is collapsing. There's going to be no gas or electricity to heat our homes this winter. Now, that's not to say that these problems aren't happening right now. We are living through a pandemic, and there are wars going on in Europe and worldwide with escalating political tensions. There are lots of problems in the health service, and lots of people are really going to struggle for heating and generally with costs this winter. But the catastrophe that our brains imagine, or indeed are led to imagine by things like the news, is not necessarily true. And the grain of truth that may exist in these difficulties isn't necessarily helpful to focus on. Now for a final example. Your colleague tells you that they feel like a failure. They listen and they can see your point when you try to reassure them that they do a lot of work, but they really just feel like they're a failure and that they're useless. And they can't see past that. Or remember the last time that you had a really busy couple of weeks and didn't pick up a call from a parent or grandparent and felt really guilty. And if anyone tried to talk you out of it, you just couldn't agree that you hadn't done something bad because you felt so guilty, so you must have done something bad. Or how about when you were last feeling really anxious or scared, and it was almost impossible to think that the upcoming event wasn't a really big, scary thing, or that you hadn't forgotten to do something essential before leaving the house, like switch everything off. You were feeling so anxious that it felt like surely that anxiety meant something real. These are examples of emotional reasoning, where we decide that feeling something is evidence of it being true. However, feelings aren't facts, and this is a thinking habit that can be linked to others, or make the conclusions that you reach in other types of reasoning feel more real. Again, knowing that this is something that your mind can do may make it easier to spot. You might find it helpful to listen to Alex's previous audio essays on emotions. Our feelings, emotions, are helpful signals for us to tune into, but they aren't necessarily hard evidence of facts. So situations like the ones we've just discussed come up all the time. Those were some really specific examples, but I think that we can get pulled into these falsely narrow ways of thinking quite often. Whenever we get into a ranting session about how incompetent our boss is, when we're fuming about the uselessness of that department or this department at work, or despairing at the pointlessness of having any conversation with a challenging family member, because it's bound to go wrong. Quite why our minds love to jump to an all-or-nothing type of thinking, or to grab onto the worst-case scenario, 
I don't think we know. But love it, they seem to. There's something about the drama and excitement, however negative, that can really grab hold of us, particularly when it comes to potentially shocking geopolitical events. There's something exciting in the terror of getting caught up in a discussion of what catastrophe we're facing now. In a disagreement, it's certainly much more satisfying to be righteously, angrily, assuredly right, to point the finger of blame, to point out how ridiculous the other is, then it might be to make allowances and consider a position where you're not quite so perfect and right, and the other person isn't quite so hateable. And whilst it's easier to be mad at a boss who's entirely useless, it's also harder to come back from a position of anger if our minds don't allow for there to be a boss who's got some good bits and some less good bits to them. There may be some emotional reasoning going on with all of these. You might feel angry, and therefore someone must have done something to anger you. Unfortunately, it's quite widely accepted, both in psychotherapy and also non-clinical schools of thought, that the thoughts that our minds carry and hold on to have a real link and impact on how we feel. So if we spend a lot of time, often quite unconsciously, running over lots of negative thoughts with a flavour of sadness or scariness or anger to them, we'll have a sad or scary or angry veil colouring our lives. In a similar vein, Whilst how we feel and the thoughts that we have can feel very real and can really impact on how we think and act, if we take them as gospel, that still doesn't mean that the feelings are a fact. Conversely, if we can consider what else could be going on or what else could happen, things might feel a little bit lighter or a bit less constricted or restricted and just feel a bit easier. Now, a word of caution. I think, as with all things, balance is really important. So we're human, and of course sometimes we're going to need to have a really good moan with a friend about how mad we are about a frustrating interaction or situation. And it's also really important to find a balanced way to question what goes through your mind. It's not about retreating full-time into your head and second-guessing every thought or decision that comes in. But if you notice that you're feeling some unhelpful emotions, it may well be worth questioning whether there are any of these unhelpful thinking habits behind them. The other provision to think about when you're considering making changes in your approach to thinking, or if you're feeling disappointed that your sudden middle-of-the-road thinking doesn't eliminate all arguments and get people on your side, is that it's probably helpful to change things gently or try and make a gentle difference. There's an approach to changing things that are stuck that suggests to look for the difference that makes a difference, a phrase from an anthropologist called Gregory Bateson. The idea being that something that is way off your baseline is going to be difficult to adopt, but something that is ever so slightly different might be just what you need to shift you into progress. So what can you do if you think that some of these are patterns or habits that you have? Step one is about building some awareness. Notice when something changes in how you feel be it when you suddenly feel frustrated or sad or angry, ask yourself, what was going through your mind at that point? The next step is going to be about examining what went through your mind in a little bit more detail. Was it a thought or an idea that sit on an extreme? Or are you now thinking that something is definitely true based on a feeling or an emotion that you got? And then step three is to try and change things up. That might mean responding or challenging the thought with a viewpoint that's a bit more balanced or has a bit more space in it. This might involve asking yourself questions like, is it really just this or that? 
Might there be an and or an also? For instance, is it really just having a full weekend of arguments with your family or staying home alone? Could you have some time alone and see your family for a shorter period of time? Another question might be, is it helpful to think that the worst possible thing will definitely happen? It's always a possibility. Again, this idea of the grain of truth. But what are the other options? Or what might be more likely to happen? Or what is going to be a more helpful viewpoint? What is in your control to change? What isn't? And therefore, what might be more helpful to focus on? Or it might be about reminding yourself that something you feel isn't necessarily a fact. Initially, it may be helpful to do this in quite a formal way, like typing it out on your phone or writing it out in a notebook. The idea is that with practice, you teach your mind a new way of thinking. A bit like physio for a muscle injury. It's going to take repetition to learn a new way of doing it. Or changing things up might just mean getting some distance from the thoughts. Not all unhelpful thoughts have to be entered into an argument with. It's also okay to recognise it as unhelpful and distract or distance yourself from it. Maybe you write it out and then agree with yourself that you'll leave it on that piece of paper and instead go off and have a walk or a chat with a friend or a shower or just something that takes you out of that situation. Step four is to hopefully enjoy some of the freedom and space from not sitting and stewing in the unpleasantness of those thought habits. Or it might be about praising yourself for having a go, even if it hasn't quite worked or helped. Not every technique will work every time or in every situation. Some patterns of thinking might need other approaches, or to be tried another time, or just need more time. So I hope after listening to this you've got some idea of some of the really common unhelpful thinking habits that our brains love to get into. We've spoken about all or nothing or polarised thinking, where your brain just sees one of two extreme options. We've spoken about catastrophizing, where your brain just sees the worst possible outcome. And we've spoken about emotional reasoning, where because you feel something, you kind of ignore all other possible evidence for what could really be going on. And you just really believe that thing that you feel. Building up some awareness is a really important step in spotting when you might be feeling something negative because of an unhelpfully polarised or catastrophic thought. If you know that your mind does this, you might be slightly more prepared to stop in its tracks and revise the thought into something a bit more balanced. There are many other unhelpful thinking habits or cognitive distortions that CBT guides us to think about, and there's a link in the show notes to some helpful websites if you want to read more. You are listening to the Thinking Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or give us a rating. It really does help people to find us. If you find the podcast valuable, why not buy us a coffee to help keep us going? There's a link in the show notes. As ever, we love to hear from you and love to hear what you think. So drop us an email or get in touch on social media. Thank you so much.